Welcome back, everybody, to another post-game edition, the last football post-game edition of 2021, this OA News Overtime. I'm Jordan Hill with Justin Lee. Justin. Jordan, we, we leave the confines of Protective Stadium. Not Legion Field. Uh, yes, here in Birmingham, cloudy, overcast day. Uh, we already have our episode title, Houston, We Have a Problem. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> as Auburn falls 17-13. to 13? That's correct. Hey, I got it right. To, uh, to Houston in the, the Birmingham Bowl. Um, plenty to digest, but uh, ultimately more of the same that we've seen from Auburn all down the stretch front of the season, am I right? Yeah, yeah, and I'll say if you're listening, if the audio's a little funky, we are literally walking our to way. our car where we part. We, uh, heading toward Topgolf. We are going to Topgolf. We're going to end this thing right. There's a, that's the only way. Yeah, no. Only. Now, we are headed out of here. Uh, we carpooled, so we figured, uh, hey, we'll just uh, we'll just do a little walk and talk. So 17-13, to 13, Auburn was in position to win this game. Houston has an 80-yard drive yeah. in the last few minutes. Uh, they score, they take the lead, and Auburn's not able to answer. It's a four-play drive for Auburn after that, incompletion, trying to hit Kobe Hudson. Houston winds up running out the clock. Just, uh, Justin, what did you think of how this game played out? Auburn's offense really struggled with consistency. Kind of got a little bit of a, a run in the third quarter. Uh, you know, the defense, I felt like, settled down right. after kind of a, a rough start. And then it kind of was smooth sailing for the defense until that very last drive where yeah. uh, Clayton Toon and, and the Houston offense seemed to really figure some stuff out. The end was a little bit like the Alabama game. Like, I mean, the defense played so well. Obviously, you know, Houston's offenses have a Heisman Trophy winner. But, you know, uh, taking you know that aside, it kind of played out a lot like the Alabama game where uh, I think you the defense did about all you could ask for. And then down the stretch, it was tired. Uh, Smoke was gone. Jalen was gone. Uh, Jalen had a bigger role because, of every, because Roger had, has opted out uh, and headed to the NFL. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it, it uh, excuse me, it it played out a lot like that, and I, I I think you just needed more points on offense. I mean, I think it comes down to the same thing as the Iron Bowl, right? Uh, just needed more points on offense and didn't get it, and there, that goes in a lot of ways. I mean, uh, I think Auburn could have scored more points in the first half. Uh, Tank Bigsby only had eight carries in the first half. I don't think that was enough. Um, and and uh, and obviously. Uh, TJ didn't did not have his most impressive game. Uh, that's another factor, and uh, yeah, I just think offensively, uh, he didn't get the complete team performance because the offense wasn't there as as much as you'd want. Uh, he only scored one touchdown against an AAC defense. It's not great. Houston's good. Honestly, I expected Auburn to lose this game. Uh, to be to be honest, like coming into it, I said, yeah, they're probably going to lose. Uh, I still think uh, we're allowed to be disappointed in Auburn's offensive production. So I don't think it was very good. No, I agree. Uh, you know, the big things to me, you know, I kind of went back and forth. I think ultimately I, I kind of leaned Auburn, but I thought it could go either way. And a big part of it was the players Auburn was missing. And to me, that was what made how the defense played so impressive. You don't have Zacoby McClain, who regularly had double-digit tackles every single week. Right. You don't have Roger McCreary, by far your best corner. 
Right. And they they did everything they could to win that game. Had two interceptions. Mm-hmm. You know, really felt like Chandler's was the one that was like, all right, they're going to do this thing. Yeah. You know, they're going to win this game. And the offense just, you know, missed opportunities. I mean, I think about early on with some of the plays they were able to make with Tank. You know what I mean? The screen that he had that went for like 51 yards. You've got to cash in, not necessarily on those plays, but you have to just build plays off of that. And they just couldn't. Right. I mean, you think about the low snap on third and 10 that TJ has to just fall on, and you basically eat, and and you wind up punting on that drive. Right. Um, You you think of having to settle for field goals. You, You just can't do that as much as we, you know, look at an AAC team and say, you know, that's the team you should be able to beat. That was a really good Houston team, and they end the sure. season with 11 wins. 12, I think. Yeah. 12. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, 11 2. But uh, you, you've got to be able to score points. And, right. And that's something I pointed out early on in the game, especially after Houston's very first drive in with a touchdown. You just looked at it and said that, you know, this is a situation where Houston's really good in the red zone. Right. They, I can't remember where they were, but I think they were top 15 nationally in red zone touchdowns. So when they right. got down there, they scored. Right. We've seen that Auburn has struggled with that pretty much all year. Right. And it was the case again. I mean, that you know, other than the, the drive where TJ hit Kobe Hudson, which was another drive where it kind of seemed like there was going to be a missed opportunity, yeah. you know, if, you remember right before that, the play before that, TJ hits Landon King in the middle of the end zone and was like, all right, it's a touchdown. And not all 11 guys were set. Right, so right, it right. came off the board. So you're like, is this going to be another missed yeah. opportunity? Right. And, and credit to TJ for a good throw. Yeah. Credit to Kobe for a great sure. uh, attempt to get a foot down, and he did. Because right. watching it live, I, I was sort of like, uh, you know, I don't know if he could have. And he, he right. did. Credit right. to him. But, yeah, it's just another situation where the offense couldn't really get things together. You know, when you look, they scored 10 points in the third quarter, no points in the fourth quarter. Right. I mean, you left yourself vulnerable is really what happened. You left yourself vulnerable against an offense led by Clayton Toon, who's been really productive. And and if you think back to the conference championship games, they pushed Cincinnati for about three quarters. They hung with – a really good Cincinnati team that's getting ready for the playoff. So, I mean, you know, you just can't afford to not finish in those situations. Right. And, and you know, and, and I hate it more than anything as someone who watched, and, and we, we talked about this a little, but for the defense to play the way it did without some of their best players, yep. we didn't even mention Owen Papo didn't play again. Right. It's like you, you really can't ask for anything other than, you know, well, Nehemiah Pritchett's got to score on that interception. Right. And, like, that's, that's – n- yeah, right. exactly. That's not a realistic request right. or a realistic thing you have to hope for. Right. So, to me, it's just a shame that for the defense to have played as well as it did, right. that it didn't really pan out the way it should have. It may have been – you know, for me, it may be uh, not so much uh, Let's go. that the offense struggled. Uh, Definitely think- not jaywalking on the podcast right now. <laughs> it's how – I think it's how the offense struggled because it looked hopeless at times. It lo- it really did to the, me. The first, my opinion, the first six plays, I think they had like maybe two yards. Right. Every drive, it was like, okay, how are they going to pull a touchdown out of their butt? Because they're not going to pound it in. They're not going to do anything that resembles a normal drive, you know. And it took a miracle, you know, miraculous uh, TJ pass to Kobe, uh, to an impressive 
play, that, a really impressive play that you can't just count on, right? You can't count on that. Uh, and I think, I don't know, that's, that's where I'm at is like how it just seemed hopeless, hopeless. Uh, it seemed like a offense from one of those bad, bad Auburn football years. I'm not going to lie. And obviously that's somewhat to be expected. Auburn had to play with three new offensive linemen in this game, three replacement reserve offensive linemen because uh, Nick Roms. Nick Roms is injured. Tayshawn Manning is transferred already. Kentucky Wildcat. Yeah, and then the other one, I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> Brodarius Hand. Brodarius. Brodarius. Getting ready, getting ready for the draft. So, yeah, so three three, three new linemen, so that's to be expected. But, but I mean, I still think it's fair uh, for me to sit here and say uh, Auburn should play better uh, against that defense. Um, I mean, how many times did Cincinnati – Cincinnati wins shootouts, don't they? Don't, don't, they don't win defensive battles like this, so – uh, I, I, it, it's a tough start, a rough start for, uh, for Brian Harson's first game as a play caller. Um, I think he'd say that, uh, if he would admit that he's the play caller now. Uh, but you know, coaches like to give everybody credit, so I understand where he's coming from, but, um, it's tough, man. But, uh, uh, Auburn's still Auburn. That's how, that's kind of my thought walking out of the stadium. Uh, it was impressive to me. Obviously it's Birmingham, but. Impressive to me how Auburn fans took over that stadium. It got loud in there, um, even even when it looked hopeless, even when it you're six and six on the edge of six and seven. Auburn fans still showed up, and I'll give them credit for that. And uh, and uh, you know it's not a slight for me saying that because I know they'll always show up. And it's just uh, I don't know, man. It's it's hard not to get real introspective at the end of the year. Um, but that's kind of just where we're at. And uh, it's, I think, one of the things that stood out to me from what Brian Harson was saying after is, uh, you know, he, he, he believes as, as much as anyone that Auburn's a top program. And, you know, maybe once, maybe if things keep going rocky, he'll change his tune. But he's, he's publicly stated that the expectations are high here. I mean, that's no different from his predecessor. But, um, you know, that's something we can't criticize him for uh, because he – knows that Auburn expects to be better uh, and, frankly, deserves to be better with the talent it has. I mean, how bad did Auburn out-recruit Houston for the last four years? All these kids, everybody made up on this team. Should have beat them. And I don't really care about your linemen. Um, that comes down to, to, to coaching both the last staff and the current staff as far as, like, not having offensive linemen, not being able to develop depth. Uh, having question marks at quarterback behind one player, uh, being one, apparently one injury away from not being able to win a game. That's where they're at. They never won a game after they lost Bo. Did we really go into the season saying one player could get hurt and you'd be a winless team? No. No. So, uh, tough. Tough loss for Auburn. Ultimately, more of the same, which is frustrating. But ultimately, uh, close, the, close the recruiting trail really well. Close the season poorly. That's life. Things go up and down. There's highs and lows. Uh, it's a state of gray. <laughs> much like much like today, Jordan. Much like the scenery much around like Protective gray, Stadium. The gray, overcast, drizzly scene of gray today at Protective Stadium. Not to be confused with the old gray lady. We bid adieu to Legion Field. 
Protective Stadium, beautiful stadium, perfect for UAB, very compact. I compare it to Auburn Arena, perfect for UAB football the same way that uh, Auburn Arena is perfect for Auburn basketball. Um, yeah, do we have questions? Are we gonna, you want to go some questions? Yeah, we're going to get some questions because I literally see our ride walking over here. Um, any hope? I can help us with one of them. Any hope for improvement on the offensive line in 2022? Because if not, dot, 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 that was from BPJ Auburn portal. We'll see if, uh, yeah, the portal. It's all about the portal. That's what you got to do. You got to get the, the drag, dr- Jack Driscoll types. Uh, that Harvard kid who was going to come here, but I think he left. Wilson. Gus. Yeah. I think he left because Gus got fired. Yeah. Went somewhere else. Uh, those kind of guys. you got to find uh, guys who – I think Virginia has a lot of guys going into the portal. Pretty much the entire offensive line. Yeah, just rebuild. I mean, start over uh, with the portal. Do everything you can. Um, because even if you get some heralded uh, offensive lineman recruit, they typically don't play – as freshmen, they got to get in the weight room for two years and develop anyway. So that one's all about the portal, and you just got to see how that goes. Auburn does have scholarships, plenty of scholarship spots available. We'll ask Christian here in a second as he moseys on up, our our carpool recruiting expert. Uh, yeah, what do you think? Same, more of the same? That would be my guess, and we'll uh, stall until they get here. Christian, we need you. We need you on the podcast. Christian. We'll wrap it up here once uh, we – I'll answer one other question we'll after this. Christian, question. we had someone tweet us and want to know about the offensive line, if, if there's anything for 2022 that they should be excited about. It's all because, the portal. Because right? if not – Yeah, it's all the portal. I mean, there's a couple high school guys they're still interested in. Uh, Jalen Farmer, the Florida commit, maybe Inez Cooper, um, in-state those guys, guy. Can those guys start no. their first season? No. no, they cannot start right away. Eston right. Harris can't start right away. Right. So it's all the transfer portal. They're going to have to hit the transfer portal for probably a center, maybe a guard, and also probably one to two tackles. They're going to need to – and those those guys don't just – they don't appear. Like, right. those guys are super rare. Everybody wants them. There's been a couple big-name transfer portal guys, and they've all gone elsewhere so far. So – Auburn's going to have to get lucky, and they're going to have to push really hard to get some guys for the offensive line. Does Auburn, does Auburn have room, like scholarships and stuff? Yeah. Auburn has room, and isn't there leeway now? Yeah, there's the there's the plus seven rule, because yeah. um, Auburn didn't take a full class in the early period. They only signed, what was it, 17? Yes. Eight, yeah. 18 maybe now that you count Jason Jones. Sure. But they still have plenty of room, so yeah. they have plenty of room to go hit the portal. Cool. Do we have another question? Was that it? Uh, the only other question, and Christian, you can hang around if you want to. If not, you can go crank the car because we're almost done. <laughs> Daniel G. Start back. Daniel no, G. No, yeah, no. I'll hit your ride. No. Daniel Killian said, "What can you say to Auburn fans after five straight losses to make the long off season better?" Uh, uh, my biggest thing, and you can jump in here, Justin Lee. Uh, be happy they closed well in recruiting because yeah. they, they did a very good job of shoring up this recruiting class, a class that was in the 40s for pretty much the entire fall. And, you know, you kind of wondered there were, you know, murmurs and, and guys like Christian Clemente who was just talking were saying things were looking up as yeah. they got ready for the sign-in period, that early sign-in period, and they came through and they finished well. I think that's what you got to be excited about is that they have added some guys. It's just a matter of now finding complementary pieces in the portal to fill some of the holes that we know this team has. You're still Auburn. How about that? You're still Auburn. Uh, imagine being Houston. That's a tough life, man. I mean, being a Houston fan, being like, well, you know, maybe my children one day can see a national championship. Maybe my coach won't throw a fit when yeah, he has exactly. to wait to do his press it's conference. It's a tough way to live, bro. And, like, I know that sounds like 
whatever, sour grapes after they beat Auburn. But uh, big picture, you're still in a better position than, than them. You're still in a better position than uh, most football programs across the country. You're still Auburn. Uh, and and you, we see with the recruiting class closing, that doesn't change. It's not going away. You see with the way the fans showed up for the Iron Bowl, the way the fans showed up here, that's not going away. Uh, even even if you're 6-6, six and six, uh, you're, still, you're still landing a strong class. Even if you're 6-6, six and six, uh, everyone's still coming, coming here ready for war. Um, you're still Auburn. That's what I'll tell you. And uh, if if things if if things aren't up to standard, then then changes happen. But uh, the institutional guys and and uh, you know the Cadillacs, Zach Etheridge, all those guys, uh, and and Brian Harson is trying to become one of them. Uh, he he thinks highly of Auburn. He wants really badly to be a part of it. You know what I mean? If you think about it on that level, uh, you're still Auburn, and uh, that'll maybe make you feel better. <laughs> No doubt. Well, we're going to get out of here. It's starting to rain here in Birmingham, but uh, we're going to have plenty of content in the next few days. Just keep an eye out for it. Uh, the podcast for, will continue with basketball. Enjoy. For Justin Lee, I'm Jordan Hill. Uh, until next time, take care.